Hi, everybody. Welcome back. This is Jennifer Phillips Russo, and you are listening to Between the Vines. It is a podcast brought to you by Cornell University and Penn State University for the Lake Erie Regional Grape Program. I'm here with my guest co-host, Dr. Terry Bates, and we're continuing his talk about the past 25 years of research that have brought us to why we give certain recommendations in our region. Welcome back, Terry. Thanks for joining us again. Hi, Jen. Hi, everybody. <laughs> Love to be here. So what one are we talking about today? All right. I'm going to go right into sharing my screen, although I know a lot of people are listening and not actually seeing my screen, which is like not good because I'm a very visual person. (laughs) So we'll just talk talk your way through it. Um, Okay. Yeah. We're going through the top 10, what I consider my top 10 nutrition projects that have been run on Concord Vines in Western New York over the many, many years. So the last one we talked about was the West Tier Factorial, which I'm going to actually talk a little bit more about today um, with respect to nitrogen. And since we're kind of behind and we need to like get moving along, we're going to do two more. Um, this, the next one, number five, so West Tier was number four. Number five would be nitrogen fertilizer efficiency studies that we did with Leilang Chang, who is a plant physiologist on the Ithaca campus with Cornell. And so we did some collaborative work in Fredonia on nitrogen fertilizer use efficiency. So that's number five. And then um, number six is just more of a general nitrogen management, um, just based on some very like grower related rates of nitrogen studies that we did and then came up with recommendations based on that. And that's all today. Boy, you're gonna that's go- today. And we're gonna go, I always say this, it's gonna be quick. And then after like an hour, it's not quick. <laughs> um, okay. Uh-huh. Yes. So again, West here, Nelson Chalice, multifactorial experiment. So one of the factors that was in this trial was nitrogen management, 0, 50, or 100 pounds of actual nitrogen per year. So, and it was, there was different floor management, different rootstocks, different training. So there's a, a lot that goes into this project. Uh, and, and as I always say, there is a relationship between pruning weight and yield, right? You can't get a small, you can't get a big crop on a small vine. <laughs> right. You can screw up a big vine, but um, we, we, uh, it's, it's, I know I sound like a broken record and I know I always talk about Stan Howell, who is a, um, a Michigan state viticulturist and they called him three pound Stan, uh, <laughs> because he w- would continually go around talking to growers about, you know, you want to grow at least three pounds of dormant cane pruning weight. You know, you want to have a big vine and then there's lots of things you can do. Right. You can take advantage of a big crop. You can work on crop load management for ripening. You can divide your canopy if you want. But if you can't grow a three pound vine, you can't grow that leaf area. You're really restricted in what you can do. Right. You're just trying to get the crop you can get off of that small vine. Um, And when it comes to the. So I thought this is very visually illustrative. So sorry for those who are not (laughs) watching the slides. So I'm going to quickly walk you through some of the treatments in the West here as with respect to nitrogen. So there were own rooted Concord vines pruned to 30 plus 10 balance pruning or 60 plus 10 balance pruning. So for every pound of pruning weight, you're leaving more or less buds on that vine. So I was going to ask you to, for our listeners to talk about what that is. (laughs) Yeah. So 
<sighs> Nowadays, when we do balanced pruning, we do 20 plus 20 pruning, or a simple way of saying is we leave 20 buds for every pound of pruning weight that we have. So if you have a three pound vine, you would leave 60 buds, which is not, <laughs> most of our growers actually leave more than that. I was going to um, say that's not with, what Yeah, <laughs> with 60 plus 10 pruning, you would leave 60 buds for the first pound of pruning weight and 10 buds for every additional pound. So if you had a three pound vine, it would be 60 plus 10 plus 10. So you'd leave 80 buds on a three pound vine. But okay, so the, what this first graphic is showing that when you have small vines, because they're own rooted, they have zero nitrogen and the cover in the row center was sod. So, right, <laughs> you're out competing the vines and not giving them any nitrogen. You got these little small wimpy vines that are like, you know, one to one and a half pound vines and your yield is low. So, I mean, even on here, the 60 plus 10 vines are running about seven tons per acre. <laughs> huh. <So> we, <laughs> we used to say in Fredonia, at Fredonia Lab, we would abuse our vines and still beat the belt average and yield. But you have to remember these, this the West here is, it's just a six vine plot. And so you're you're using math to scale up. How many pounds of fruit did I get off of these six vines and upscale that to tons per acre? So it's, it is not, it's not realistic because in a real vineyard, you have a mix of pruning weights, you have missing vines uh, and, and that brings the, the, the average down. But I guess this, what it does show you is the potential. If, if I had a two pound vine, I could get eight tons per acre if every vine in the vineyard was two pounds, which would lead to our variable rate management work. But. I digress again. <laughs> All right. So let's just let's just say we cultivated those vines and the vine size jumps up about a half a pound of pruning weight just by cultivating okay. the row centers, but still zero nitrogen. So they're a little bigger, a little bit higher yielding um, just by taking Great, away right, some of the water. Yeah. All right. So now we add 50 pounds of nitrogen and we get a big bump. So zero pounds of nitrogen, the vines are small, 50 pounds of nitrogen, the vines got a lot bigger and the yield got higher. So that, you know, that's not. <laughs> Still cultivating, it's right? Not, but... Yeah, right. Not rocket science, as they say. It's viticulture. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I mean, it's the basics of vine physiology, right? They need water and they need nutrients to do photosynthesis, to get bigger canopies and be able to support a larger crop. It's not that hard. So, okay, so you have this. Here's our relationship, 30 plus 10 vines, 60 plus 10, 50 pounds of nitrogen and cultivated, which is kind of the industry standard, I would say. And the next slide shows if we now add 100 pounds of nitrogen, we get no change between right. in pruning weight or yield. So, and all that's telling us is you gave them 50 pounds of nitrogen, so they, they were deficient or lacking in nitrogen or they needed that extra bump in fertilizer but going from 50 to 100 pounds did absolutely nothing other than waste money waste and, money and then leach out into the environment it, right <laughs> right so that's where nelson's recommendation always came like they need 50 pounds of nitrogen they don't need 100 and you know i think the industry standard especially back then was you would do 100 pounds of actual nitrogen no Whether you needed it or not, because it was, they said it was cheap insurance. Um, 
So that what what that doesn't tell you is if fifty pounds gave you that maximum growth, like do they really need fifty or do they need something less than fifty? I mean, <laughs> uh, but again, as the price of fertilizer goes up, these questions become more important, right? When it's cheap insurance, you just buy it and spread it. So I have a quick question. Does this take into account, and I know this might also be getting into the weeds, um, the organic matter that was already there? We're going to we're gonna get to that because that's okay. kind of like the next. So this was all done at the Fredonia lab in the West here, which is a gravel loam soil with, I think, probably about two to three percent organic matter. And so we, we used to did stuff on different soils with different organic matter. So we're going to get to that in a minute. Um, Okay, so there's, again, there's our base, 50 pounds of nitrogen with cultivation. Okay, <laughs> this is the one I always throw in here. So when Nelson grafted Concord to 3309 rootstock and had zero pounds of nitrogen, and I think I have cultivation in there, but I probably could even do no, like have sod growing in the row center. Okay. And the vines are bigger, like, so we're talking four to five pound vines here. And 12 tons per acre on 60 plus 10 pruned. Well, so, now that's on gravel soil. So that, I mean. That yep. Makes- so that's, again, that's the, yep. Shenango gravel loam, 3309, no nitrogen. The vines are big and they're yielding high because that root system is deeper and more aggressive and will pick up water and nutrients and, you know, water and nitrogen. And so you don't need supplemental nitrogen and you got vines that are, Oh, too big, right? A right. five-pound vine is a monster, and that's that's what sparked the whole GDC discussion. Oh my gosh, I have five-pound vines, meaning I have so much canopy, it overfills the trellis space. And now, what am I going to do with it? I can separate that and and intercept more sunlight per unit land area, and be have that acre of grapes be more productive. So, okay. The bottom line is, <laughs> in our own rooted Concord vines, the the research is saying they, they needed about a mature Concord vine, own rooted, needed about 50 pounds of nitrogen, and that was it. Like, you didn't need any more. And you should probably turn your attention to other nutrients like potassium right. um, after that. And putting on that 100, just to reiterate to everybody listening, did nothing more than what that 50 pounds per nitrogen did. Right. Uh, okay, so another trial. So this was, we called the Betts Nitrogen Trial. It was started by Phil Throop, who was your predecessor, like four times removed. <laughs> uh, <laughs> started working with Bob Betts on different levels of nitrogen. So 0, 50, and 100 pounds of nitrogen. So just like the West here. But this was on a heavier, uh, more of a clay loam soil type. So higher organic matter, higher water holding capacity, uh, maybe a problem with drainage. So a lot of common in our area, you go from a Shenango gravel loam that's well-drained to excess, excessively well-drained to like a Niagara type soil, which is a clay loam, has great nutrient holding capacity, great water holding capacity, but can have too much water, can have a high water table and the grapes don't like wet feet. And then you just, it's more of an issue of rooting volume at that point. So anyways, so we ran this for what? One, two, three, four, five, six, seven years. So this is after, actually, I took it over after Phil left (laughs) uh, for another position. 
and we just tracked yield and and there's like okay essentially no difference i mean there is a little difference like every other year where you have the higher rates of nitrogen so 50 would be better than zero but 100 is not better than 50 so again same lesson give them a little bit of nitrogen because they need it but giving them excessive nitrogen cheap insurance but it's not cheap insurance anymore because the price of fertilizer has gone up and we're getting into all the awareness about environmental safety you know not excessively applying um, synthetic fertilizers to you know basically screw up the biology of the soil right thank you for that yes um and okay so if you look at the accumulative so this is the seven year cumulative yield in that trial and like there's between zero and 50 is like there's hardly any bump at all <laughs> because yeah, yeah and then from 50 to 100 there's no bump and the point is you asked the question about organic matter so we went from the west here which was a lower organic matter soil to the bets trial which was a higher organic and you're getting so many pounds of nitrogen from mineralization of that organic matter that you, the supplemental, I always say this, nitrogen fertilizer is supplemental at best, right? Most of what you're getting is from the mineralization of nitrogen in the soil. And then you're just giving it an extra shot of nitrogen when the vines need it most when they're growing the fastest during the middle of the growing season. So this has a good diet to go back to previous ones that we have done, previous podcasts. The best yes. said the organic matter, which is its diet for the grapevine. Yes. Needed less supplemental vitamins. Right. Um, okay. So we talked about the, the big dig and the little dig where we dug up vines and knowing where, when the vine was growing, when the demand for nitrogen was during the season. So that led to us doing work with Leilang Chang. So now we used non-radioactive isotopes of nitrogen laced fertilizer so I this. yeah so we could tell how much nitrogen the vine was taking up and at what time of year and how much of that nitrogen was derived from the fertilizer that's the ndff nitrogen der derived from fertilizer and so what we found in mature concord vines right so a mature Concord vine, middle of the season, you know, like say right around Verasian time. So it's like the maximum capacity of that vine. Uh, the vines needed what, 80 grams per vine or roughly 106, 106 pounds of nitrogen per acre. But that doesn't take into account the annual, like there's already some nitrogen in the vine stored in its perennial structures. So when we looked at the, what it was using on an annual basis, like an annual growth cycle, it was about half of that, 40 grams per vine or 50, roughly 50 pounds of nitrogen per acre, right? So like, so that makes sense. Oh, hey, I apply 50 pounds of fertilizer <laughs> to, to get that 50 pounds, but it doesn't actually work that way because the efficiency with the fertilizer uptake is a lot lower than like that makes sense if it's 100% efficient, right? Right. The vines need 50 pounds. I put on 50 pounds. They take up 50 pounds. The world is happy, but it's, it doesn't work that way. <laughs> so at different times of the year, it's taking up that the nitrogen derived from the fertilizer at different rates, depending on how the roots are growing and if the soil is moist enough to you know aid in 
the movement of nitrogen to the roots and biological activity so that we can take up nitrogen. So let's see, what do we say? 50 pounds per acre of nitrogen was added, 24% fertilizer efficiency, like at its best. So and what that's that that I'm sorry, that was tracked because you could watch it because of the isotope that you applied. Yes. So what that's saying is if you put on 100 pounds of nitrogen fertilizer, you would get 25 pounds into the vine, right? It was only where it happened to the other 75 pounds, right? right. <laughs> it right. either leached or it got taken up by or microorganisms, you know, and incorporated into organic matter of some way. But like, again, what you're putting on is supplemental because you're going to put stuff on and it's only a, about a quarter of it. It's actually making it to the vines. And then there's been other research um, with grapes on like the West Coast looking at like the how that efficiency changes with the amount of nitrogen. So if if the vine is actually low in nitrogen or you're in a low nitrogen status and you put on fertilizer, it like takes it up at a higher efficiency. But if you're in a situation where you have like say high organic matter and a high nitrogen status situation and you put on fertilizer, it's actually less efficient, which actually makes a lot of sense. If I'm starving, I'm going to eat very efficiently. And right. if I'm not starving, I'm going to be like, yeah, I'll pass this one up. Yeah. Right? I'm not, the roots aren't like developing a mechanism. So they're, you know, there are proteins in the membranes of roots and they get upregulated up or downregulated depending on their environmental situation. So like if you're starving for nitrogen, you're going to upregulate how I'm going to get nitrogen. And if you've got sufficient nitrogen, you're not going to waste the energy. You're going to downregulate those things that help you get more nitrogen. So we didn't do any of that work. <laughs> that was done in other studies. But um, okay. So if the vine needs 50 pounds of nitrogen per acre, fertilizer is delivering 12 pounds per acre, right? Then you, you need 38 more pounds, right? <laughs> it's like, where is that? Where is that coming from? It's coming from the organic matter. Uh, so we, I always show this slide because it kind of is the basis of our recommendations. I Just to I go back, I'm sorry, to tell yeah. the numbers that you were saying for our listeners who might not be doing quick math in their head, that 12 pounds that he's talking about is actually the 25% of 50 pounds applied. Correct. Okay. So we're looking at efficiency of, okay, so this is a better, better graphic that we're going <laughs> to try to ex explain to our <laughs> listeners. So I have a chart and there's a blue line that shows the total amount of nitrogen that's in the vine that's being up, uptake into the vine. And then the, the red line is the nitrogen from fertilizer. So what you wow. should see is, you know, the vine's taking up a lot of nitrogen and then the nitrogen it's actually getting from fertilizer is very little, but it can be very critical. And like, I don't want to make it sound like, oh, you know, don't apply nitrogen fertilizer. That's not true at all because there are, there are times of the year that the mineralization that's coming from organic matter isn't, it's not fast enough to keep up with the rate of growth of the vine. And that's when you need the fertilizer. And that is why our recommendation, it, growers used to put on nitrogen fertilizer pre-bud break. And in the fall. Yes. Uh -huh. And that is like, that we don't feel like that is the best time to do it. <laughs> uh, it. It's so 
say you're putting uh, in, you know, late in the fall or early in the spring so that nitrogen fertilizer, you know, it, it sits there, it leaches through the soil profile or it gets tied up in organic matter. It's not available to the vine. Plus, from our big dig and little dig studies, we know that the vine is mostly working off of nutrient reserves in the perennial structures early in the season and actually not taking up very much nitrogen. Then we follow that up with the work from Lei Lang Chang, which is, you know, nitrogen derived from the fertilizer based on this isotope study we did. And it's showing we're getting very little fertilizer nitrogen uptake early in the season. Yes. However, what it is showing when I'm looking at this graph, for those of you who are listening, is that the blue line of the total nitrogen that the vine need absolutely spikes at a high rate from bloom to veraison. And the same with the nitrogen that was applied there is that's where the increase happens right so you're you're essentially just you're tracking the vine converts over from working off of reserves right it used its reserves to build new roots and build new shoots and now around bloom time it's saying okay now you have to rely you built this engine now you have to rely on the engine to take up more nutrients and intercept sunlight and so that's why you get this efficiency, this higher efficiency of fertilizer uptake at that time, which is why we recommend that you put down your nitrogen fertilizer closer to bloom. And there when the vine, when the roots need it, when the roots are actively looking for it. Yes. So the caveat is you need good soil moisture at that time too or the whole thing falls apart. <laughs> uh, I get this question all the time, so I wanted to talk about it. Okay, we talked about this stuff about peak demand. Okay. <laughs> wow. Science, a science slide. People are going to love for those this. Listening. <laughs> yes, a science slide. So this is just talking about nitrogen sources for the plant in the, in the soil. So, if you're going to make synthetic fertilizers, right? So it's using ammonia and you have to use heat and pressure. So that's why if the cost of fuel goes up, the cost of your fertilizer goes up because you need that fuel to make the fertilizer. So to make ammonium nitrate and to make urea, you need heat and pressure, thing called the Haber process. Um, to make that fertilizer, which is then eventually through biological activity in the soil is going to is going to turn into ammonium and nitrate, which can be taken up by the vine. So if you put on ammonium nitrate fertilizer, that's like a salt. And as soon as it gets into the into the soil profile, it gets into the soil moisture. So that's why if it's super dry and you put ammonium nitrate down, it's gonna it's gonna sit there. It's like a salt. I mean, like if you put table salt on your table, it's gonna sit there like salt. And then you pour some water on it and then it dissolves right. <laughs> into sodium and chloride. Same thing with ammonium nitrate. It just needs to get into the soil moisture. And even a dew would helps it do that, right? So it'll separate into ammonium and nitrate. Plants prefer to take up nitrate. It's like the most readily available form for it to take up. But the ammonium, can, it will take up some ammonium, but in lesser amounts. And the ammonium can get converted to nitrate in the soil which it'll then take it up. The the other way to get at this is that ammonia through biological activity gets into the organic portion of the soil, right? So then you, you have your organic matter that's mineralizing and turning, you know, you're getting your sources of ammonium and nitrate 
eventually that will be taken up. And that's just a slow process. Mm -hmm. So you're balancing these two, you know, one's a supplemental fertilizer. It's very fast. One is a biological form of nitrogen and it's very slow and you just need to supplement the two together to deal with what you are gonna, for taking up the vine. Okay, so if our recommendation is don't apply pre-bloom, apply or pre-bud break like they used to do it. So it used to be, I'm gonna apply 200 pounds of actual nitrogen uh, at pre-bud break. And we're like, that's way inefficient. <laughs> yeah. uh, based on all this information we have now. So it's like, okay, reduce your nitrogen levels, tailor it to your soil organic matter. So the higher the soil organic matter, the less nitrogen you probably need to apply to supplement, do it closer to bloom. And then I always get the question, what about volatilization of, of nitrogen? So this comes from like the Midwest and West where it's hot and dry all the time. And if you put down nitrogen fertilizer when it's hot and dry and windy, you'll actually lose a lot of that nitrogen to volatilization. To the atmosphere. It's to gonna the gas. atmosphere. It's gonna off gas. <laughs> yes, yes. So, um, so I took a look at what are the conditions that lead to volatilization and what are the conditions that go against volatilization? So if you have, um, so ammonium is not volatile. If it turns to ammonia, it is volatile. And what drives that reaction is high soil pH. <laughs> so, okay, what keeps things in ammonia? So not volatile, ammonia. That's what you want to get into your soil, which is gonna to turn to ammonium and nitrate and the plant's gonna take it up. So what favors that? Acid soils, heavy soil, heavy rain, if it's cool still, and, and if you use cultivation that gets it into the soil. So as soon as your nitrogen fertilizer actually makes it into the soil, and then say the soil dries down and it off gases, that's okay because it actually just absorbs back onto other soil particles. It's the real danger is when it's just sitting there on top of the soil and then it can volatilize. So cultivation actually helps limit the amount of volatilization. So in our New York vineyards, we tend to favor this non-volatile situation, right? We have acid soils. We tend to get pretty good rains. <laughs> um, this year it turned dry at the wrong time. Um, we do have some heavier soils compared to like some real sandy soils in the West. Uh, it's cool. <laughs> and sometimes we use cultivation. And the things that favor volatilization are neutral soils. So if you're say in Niagara County and your soil pH is seven or above, well, that's that'll favor volatilization. So maybe that's something you want to consider. Um, light sandy soils, dry conditions. Now I'm talking dry conditions like Eastern Washington, <laughs> not dry. Or, yeah. Um, hot. We don't, relatively speaking, we don't live in a hot climate. Like we're talking hot, like it should be over 90 degrees, which is rare for our lakeshore vineyards. Um, it does get windy around here and no-till. More people are using no-till. So, so I stand by the I stand by the recommendation that you want to put your nitrogen fertilizer down, say in the two week prior to bloom period, 
like two weeks pre, two weeks post bloom, that, that window when you're out there also spraying um, is a good time to put it down, but you want to also put it down when there, you're going to get some rain in the forecast. Like if it's like this year, right about the time we wanted it would be the optimum time to put down nitrogen fertilizer, it got dry. And Dan here at the lab, he waited. And then when we had rain in the forecast, he put it down and it rained on it. And then, yeah, then the man, did the vines respond really well the next week because it was the shot they needed at the right time. I'm, I would like to back up just a little bit because I don't think that we've mentioned it yet in this podcast. And that is the amount of nitrogen that you get from organic matter when you're factoring into how much of a vitamin or supplement fertilizer. Yeah. Um, Okay. So in in our soils, and this will change depending on like where you are in the United States, but rule of thumb for us is they get 20 pounds of nitrogen per percent organic matter. So. And that's the type that they like to take up. That is in the yeah, and it's it's just that it's slow release, mm-hmm. and so most of our vi- okay, so this is a distribution, so vineyards in our region, what is their percent organic matter? So most of our vineyards are in this three to four percent organic matter range. So if you think about it, <laughs> if you have four percent organic matter, that's eighty pounds of nitrogen equivalent that you're getting every year which is more than what the vines actually need, mature Concord vines. It's more than what they need. So like in those cases, like you shouldn't have to put on any nitrogen fertilizer at all. But the reality is it's that organic matter is just not fast enough release during the peak demand times during rapid shoot growth and, and fruit set, you know, whatever fruit development. So from bloom, to say 30, 40 days after bloom, when you're you're going from at bloom, we have about 40 to 50% of our canopy. 30 days after bloom, we have 100% of our canopy. Kind of the same thing with the crop. So it's really high demand from that bloom to 30, 40 days after bloom. You're, you're, you're trying to finish building your canopy and building your crop. And that's when you need the nitrogen. And if you have three to 4% organic matter, you're getting enough nitrogen. You just need a little shot just to, to get it. Yeah. So that it's faster release. You can keep up with the demand of the vine. And I will, yeah, I should also reiterate <laughs> that it's the demand of the vine in a highly managed system, right? So if we, again, if we go back to, Hey, we have a grapevine that's growing up a tree in the forest you know, and it's dealing with a forest situation with fairly high organic matter and it's growing up a tree. Yeah, it doesn't need any fertilizer. <laughs> I mean, it's adapted to that climate where it's like it's probably matching its growth with the amount of nitrogen it's getting from the forest floor. But we are growing our grapevines in a very, very highly managed high production system. I mean, we're, we're pushing these vines like athletes, right. you know, and so we have to like at that right time of the year when we want our we want our our athletes sprinting <laughs> we need to give them a little extra vitamins to like keep them going at peak performance <laughs> i was gonna make a joke there but i was like nope don't somebody's gonna come back and say Jennifer. <laughs> no steroids no no <laughs> those are called growth regulators <laughs> 
So, okay. I think, <laughs> I think we've exhausted this. Yes. So basically the timing to put on your fertilizer two weeks before up to four weeks after bloom. And really it should be just those four weeks, two before and two after. Yes. I mean, if you want to be super efficient split application of, but not a lot of people do that so, yeah. around here. Like if you're in a situation where you're irrigating, which again, not a lot of vineyards around here, you can fertigate and you can split your applications of nitrogen. You can do multiple applications of, you know, small doses of nitrogen during that rapid growth period. Is, is there anything else that you wanted to add about your nitrogen? Because I know that we're getting ready to sort of wrap up this part of the nutrient study and move on. To yeah, we need to move on to other nutrients other than nitrogen. But right. I think the the bottom line is when I started working here, growers, I think the general practice was 100 pounds of actual nitrogen, whether you needed it or not. And you did it pre bud break. And all we're trying to do is be a little bit more efficient. So apply less nitrogen fertilizer, base that on your percent organic matter, do it closer to the t period of the season with where the vines are rapidly growing. Um, I think just kind of put those concepts together to tailor your, your nitrogen applications. And the next step is to put all that together in a spatial measurement of your vineyard. So different soil types with different organic matter and different um, vine growth rates like if you have spatial maps to do that you can tailor your variable rate nitrogen application to it but that's kind of like the next step and i was going to add and in order to know what those numbers are you really should advocate for a soil and a tissue sample so that you aren't just guessing at what you have out there <laughs> you, you just you're going to get a lot of phone calls now you just raised <laughs> the controversial issue you know what's better soil samples tissue samples, when do you take those tissue samples? And there's active research going on right now to answer some of those questions. And I, I'm even changing my mind on some of these things, but I'm waiting for the data to come. I'm waiting for all the data to come in before I make a, a decision on that. Very interesting. So we look forward to this <laughs> podcast. <laughs> Well, thank you for joining us. I hope that you all found this exciting and interesting and you learned something from it. If you have future questions or anything in regards to what we talked about today, please feel free to leave a comment below if you're watching it on YouTube or email. At, and you can find our email addresses online. It's Dr. Terry Bates or Jennifer Phillips Russo. And um, I prefer you actually email me and then I will funnel them to Terry because he is very busy with a lot of different <laughs> things. So, and I appreciate you taking the time out of your day to join us for our listeners. I will say one more thing, shameless plug yeah. for other, other podcasts. Um, so the High Res Vineyard Nutrition has a podcast series and that if anyone's looking for more things to listen to, that's a great one. I just got my hat from Fritz Westover for the Vineyard yeah. Underground podcast. So shameless plug for Fritz Westover, um, who has a podcast series that is, he's down in you know Texas, Georgia area, um, but it is, you know, tailored towards Eastern viticulture, which is- PSU great. and Cornell grad, so. <laughs> yes, yep. There's lots of um, podcast type stuff out there, like the Penn State series, your series. Um, so there's plenty of, Plenty of things to listen to out there. Yeah. 
And thank you for those plugs for that. Yeah. And do you want to tell what the high-res one is? Just in case people don't know, because it's a different sort of acronym. Oh, the, the high-res vineyard nutrient management, I think, is the official title. So that's the USDA project that it cuts across the United States where we're, we're trying to develop sensors that tell us what the nutrient status of the vine is. And so we can get spatial maps of vine nutrient status and apply variable rate fertilizer applications from that. So that is, so Patty Skinkus from Oregon State University is a person who produces those podcasts and it's, um, it's an excellent series. Yeah, a great resource. Yeah. All right, well, thank you for joining us and hopefully we will see you next week. I know things are getting really busy out there. So if not, it'll be shortly thereafter. Have a great week, everyone.